Hi, and welcome to the Unraveled Academy, a podcast that talks with some of the best in our industry. These interviews are exclusive for our Unraveled community, and we can't wait to share their amazing insight with you. You have lifetime access to these interviews, and we hope that they offer you some insight and inspiration on your creative journey. Okay, hi everyone, and welcome to our first ever Unraveled Academy podcast. Uh, I'm Co Hodges, and here's my better half, Sarah Driscoll. Hey. <laughs> and today we have with us the incredible Sarah Cornish of My Four Hens Photography, um, who is truly an icon in, in our photography community, and it's just a thrill to have you, Sarah. Oh my gosh, you're going to make me hormonal and cry. And <laughs> <laughs> so not that cool. Thank you, though. You just made my whole week. <laughs> so we have so many questions for you from our students, but we were hoping that you could start kind of at the beginning and tell us a little bit about how your creative journey started. Um, so, you know, I think a lot of people think with photography that like a lot of photographers are born with like a camera in their hand and that they've always been as exceptional at their craft or their trade as they seem to be when, you know, you, you start out and I did it. I remember when I first began, um, and I kind of got onto the internet and I stumbled on, I think it was little moon photography. Hmm. She was a newborn photographer, Amber, her name's Amber. And I was like, Holy crap, what kind of camera does she have? (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, I, until then I had had like my little Canon, it was not a DSLR, but it had manual. And I thought I was a rock star. It was so good. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I was on Baby Center, and one of my good friends was a, a really, like, awesome studio photographer. And she was very kind, you know, but she was very honest. So she said, you have to go on this forum, I Love Photography. And um, I went on and then realized how bad my pictures really were. I wasn't even <laughs> editing in, like, Photoshop at this time. It was, like, you lead photo impact or something. There were, like, sparkles and halos on my kids. And- yeah, amazing. <laughs> Yes. So, (laughs) you know, it just was, it was really bad. So, um, you know, I, I think I was about 20, God, 21, maybe at that time. And from there, I just kind of said, all right, you know, what do I buy? What do I get? I think it's where everybody starts, you know, it's overwhelming even trying to figure out what gear you need. And uh, we didn't have any money. We were so broke. And so, We used our income tax refund to purchase whatever gear. I ended up getting a Canon Rebel. It was like an XTI and a 60 millimeter macro mens. I don't know why this is. I don't know. Told me to do this. I couldn't figure out why my kids look so big. (laughs) (laughs) Because because I remember bringing Sophia home from the hospital and taking her newborn photos. And they were like, oh, my God, your daughter looks like a six-month-old. And I'm like, I can't figure out why. Maybe because I was using a macro for all her photos. But... You know, as far as like the technical aspect, a lot of it was just practice, trial and error, making a lot of bad pictures and, um, you know, being very graceful to myself about it. I think now coming into the industry, it's harder because you have all these amazing photographers and it's so easy to compare yourself. But when I started, there weren't all these communities and inspiration sites. And so 
my only real competition was myself. And, um, you know, I, I didn't get so down because a lot of my fellow photographers, it was still a very clean time. Everything was very kind of vanilla and uniform. And so we were all trying new things at the same time. So there wasn't as much judgment or, or embarrassment. Facebook wasn't even big yet. So I think I actually had an advantage and as far as just being creative, I think that just you're born with that. And it's so much more than photography. You know, my great grandfather was an amazing oil painter and, um, I was always a little girl with a sketch pad or I love to make friendship bracelets. I love textures and color. And I was just obsessed with anything artistic. My mom would buy me things like pottery wheels for Christmas and, you know, the little, um, pot holder kits and with the the looms and I just loved stuff like that and I think when you're immersed in like a creative childhood um yeah. it makes you a creative adult you know if you're lucky you don't yes. lose it and Definitely. um when I was about 14 I wanted a Polaroid camera and I remember I saved up my birthday money and it's kind of sad it's kind of a downer but my father had a drug addiction and he stole my birthday money oh. and I couldn't get my camera. I was like really upset, you know? And so my aunt Marjorie was this incredible, um, landscape photographer. She took me on a cross country trip from Rhode Island to, uh, California. And we just took pictures of everything with film cameras. And that's when I was kind of introduced to photography. Like a year after that happened, you know, she took me under her wing and it stuck with me. So that was like a new medium to express myself. And then, of course, film is just expensive. So I couldn't continue. We had kids young. And so digital kind of opened doors that I wouldn't otherwise have been able to walk through. So it's just so many facets to that question. (laughs) There's so many aspects. You know, it's one of those where I think people just think that they have to take pictures like other artists to be credible. Right. And... I am always been like opposite of that because I get bored really easily. So in order to <laughs> stay inspired, I have to try new weird things. You know, it's expensive. I bought like a whole underwater housing like two years ago and still haven't used it. <laughs> Story of my life. It's no like doubt. literally box <laughs> from like Adorama in my front closet. My husband's like, what are you going to do with this? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe we'll use it in the bathtub. I have no idea. I live in Colorado. I'm like landlocked. So. <laughs> right, right. 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 It's like my, my film camera that just sits on my desk collecting dust. I bought oh one of those gosh, too. Right. Someone on Facebook <laughs> sold it to me. I'm like, you guys got to stop showing me these things. Cause right. it's fascinating for like 10 minutes. And then I'm like, oh, $3,000 later. I wish I knew that. Yeah. No, no doubt. I know, Sarah, you bought that film camera when we were in New York. It was like a year and a half ago. You still haven't used it? (laughs) Not really. (laughs) It's so over my head. There's so much technology, and everyone's doing mirrorless. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should get a mirrorless. And I'm like, no, maybe I shouldn't. I'll just buy it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) No, but. Well, yeah, your story seems very, very complex with lots of different layers to it. It is. It's we're we're a mess. You know? <laughs> a beautiful mess. <laughs> but what you know, did you say that your biggest hurdle uh, was in your photography career? I think it was getting started. Um, my husband and I met when I was sixteen. We started dating right away. We got engaged on my seventeenth birthday, 
And uh, my mom had, God bless her if she listens to this, because she probably will, but she kicked me out of the house. (laughs) (laughs) And there was a lot of drama at the time. He's an amazing man, so it was all worth it. But, um, you know, we just, I married for love, and we had to make our own way. And um, my family is very college-driven. They want everybody to go to college. And mostly because my family is actually very Filipino, and the women in my family are very traditional. They, like, serve their husbands. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they all, like, did labor position jobs. You know, my grandmother worked for the, the city of or the state of Connecticut. She drove the bus. And um, she transported mentally um, disabled patients around from place to place. And, you know, it's she loved her job and she loved the people she worked with. But it was, it was a hard life. And sure. so... They just wanted more for our generation and they all married for love. So when I married for love and then got pregnant right after, they were like, oh God, (laughs) (laughs) except I don't like to cook and I don't like to clean. And you're going to make a terrible housewife, Sarah. (laughs) So my husband got a job in aerospace um, right out of high school. His uncle kind of got him in and he worked crazy hours, 50, 60 hours a week. And even with that, you know, we just, we didn't have a lot of money. And we were paycheck to paycheck. So when I got this camera, there were so many times and I was just like, I'm going to have to sell it because we got to pay our rent. You know, it, it felt right. extravagant and it was discouraging. And I think my obstacle at the time was just trying to figure out if what I was doing was vain and like unfair to my family. You know, was it mm. wrong to hold on to something that could, I mean, I even thought of like pawning my wedding ring at one point. So when you're trying to make your way. Right. you're willing to make any sacrifice necessary. And I think now, like if I would have sold my camera, Oh my God. I couldn't even imagine that. <laughs> you know, it, and those pictures were yeah. terrible too. So, <laughs> but you know, and then I think a lot of it too, is just, I didn't have access to a lot of um, educational materials. There weren't workshops. There was like right. one photography community and it was very kind of elite. Sure. Um, there wasn't, a huge social network. If anything, I kind of got into um, digital scrapbooking as a hobby before I got really into photography, which is kind of how I taught myself Photoshop. Okay. And it just leaked over. So, you know, hmm. with Wes working like all these hours and then having very basic equipment and living in the third story of like a crappy apartment, like surrounded by, you know, parking lot after parking lot. And yeah just trying to stay inspired and learn how to do it by practicing when there isn't a lot of inspiration to be had. You know, we, we had basics. Everything was hand-me-down furniture. It was very dark in our house. We had one vehicle and Wes worked 40 minutes away. So I was home by myself all the time with these little kids and my oldest has arthritis. So, you know, she was a toddler at the time, even just trying to get her down the three flights of stairs to go outside to the little playground that they had there it's just it's a different life it feels like a different yeah. time so absolutely you know, when I see I th- people complain about like their houses or not being able to photograph their family because it's not as I've been there you make it work yeah yeah and I think that so many people start it start photography like that where they're kind of just looking for anything to find a way to make it work for them you know because they're so interested in it and it, it can be a hard thing to start when you're when you're looking to get the right camera and the right lens and you feel guilty yeah. spending the money, you know, yeah. it, can, it can be so difficult. It's, um, so it's, it's kind of incredible where you've come from, though, you know, because 
you clearly had such a rough start at it, but you know, you've grown so much. Yeah. Um, what do you think the next year looks like for you? And what do you think your goals are for 2018? You know, I think a lot of it is we're not traveling this year for work. Last year we did a lot of travel sessions and we got to go to some really beautiful places, but I felt so guilty because we were doing two sessions a night. And then during the day I was trying to give my kids like a vacation. We travel with our family and just breaking that up. Like, okay, got to get out of the pool because mommy has to go to her session. It just felt like, why, why am I doing this to myself? So we didn't, I think when you come from a place where you don't have a lot, it's scary. Sometimes you're afraid you're going to slip back into that. So, um, you don't want to struggle. So I overwork. I do. I'm guilty of it. I take way too much work. So this year I'm trying to find some moderation. Um, Absolutely. we have a baby coming next month and oh, just, yay. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Oh. We're blown away, but, yes. um, this wasn't part of our plan. I thought we were done <laughs> at six. She snuck in there. <laughs> and so, um, I want to soak her up because I think yes. Daisy was our last, but I never had that finality and I didn't take it seriously enough. And I feel like I didn't appreciate my time with her. And then last year with all the loss, my grandmother had passed away, my aunt passed away. And I just was so sad. Like I, you know, I, I didn't take any pictures of her, which breaks my heart because she's going to have nothing from like her, her first year. Well, her technically her second year, but she was only one. Right. And, um, I think that's my other goal to be more um, intentional and to photograph my family more because this is why I started photography. I wanted better photos of my kids. So I don't know. I, I just want to be more positive and maybe pay it forward more and be more helpful. Um, I want to work less hours, but maybe hopefully make as much money. I don't know how I'm going to do that. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. It's like the all-time struggle. Yes, always. <laughs> it's that, and that's another thing. You made such a good point is that, you know, everybody, like, once they get started in photography, it's like, go, go, go. And then all of a sudden you have this career and you're just taking on so much. And, you know, it's like, you're always like, well, what if I don't take this client? Will that mean they don't come to me next year? And will that I need them to come to me next year? You know, it's, it's like such, such a balancing act when you run your own business like that. I know it's so hard. I think a lot of people don't understand the amount of sacrifice and discipline that goes into owning your own business. I, you know, I, I was always like, happy to be a hobbyist. And we had started this business out of necessity, I needed to make some money to help my husband. He was furloughed at the time and we had just had our fourth child and our apartment had told us they were not going to renew our lease. So we had to find a new place to live like right before I was about to have Sophia. And so I said, you know what? I've been doing this for about four years. Why don't I see if I can make a business out of it? I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) And so, you know, back then I was like killing myself to make like a hundred dollars a session. Right. But a hundred dollars paid for milk and bread and you know, yes. that was a lot of money for us then. So I think to my perspective has shifted. And right. even though I have to work a lot, you know, I think like, wow, Wes is home, which I never got to see my husband. Right. And I get to breastfeed my baby while I'm, you know, answering emails or editing my pictures. So she's right there. Because I remember thinking when Wes used to work, if I could just find a job where I could bring my kids with me, it would be perfect. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> You know, back then, daycare was just not an option, way too expensive. And we lived in Connecticut. So Connecticut, the economy was just way different than Colorado. Right. Right. You know, it's... 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we have we have a couple of student questions for you. And I know you said that you're trying not to travel anymore, uh, or at least <laughs> this year, at least this, this year, year as a traveling yeah, photographer. Yeah. Take a break, um, yeah. Yeah, right. But I, I know a lot of people are, were interested in the and learning more about how you became a traveling photographer. Like, how did you market to um, outsiders outside of your state? I should say. Um, you know, how did you how did you start that? I started out on um, Click and Moms, like everyone, a long right. time ago. And sure. they would do that thing where they would start a thread, and everybody would post their fan page and then all the photographers would go through and like the ones before and after them. And it was like a like share or whatever. Yeah. It's probably like in Instagram pods or I don't even know how that works, but very yeah, some, similar. But I remember people were very critical of that because back then they were like, well, why would you want to connect and network with people that are not in your area? Like these are photographers they are not clients. But for me, I was thinking, why couldn't they be clients? I mean, photographers are the perfect market because they appreciate photography. They appreciate um, your time. They invest. Uh, It's just different. It's a a different experience. Oh, absolutely. They see the value and the art behind it, behind what you're doing, what you're creating. And and, and like we touched on before about, you know, the the labor of love that goes into yep. running a small business, especially a creative one. And if they and can understand like, that. The best friends I've ever had were clients that came to me that were photographers. And then, I mean, even if they're not in the same state, you know, I, and they're people that I would have never thought that I would Absolutely. click with. Sure. But okay. you know, we, I just, I would do that and network and network and I didn't think anything would come of it. But then when I lived in Connecticut, I started noticing people were coming to me from, New York and Massachusetts and all over New England. And then it started stretching out to Virginia. And then I was getting people from Ohio and I was like, wow, this is really cool. Cause I'm from like this tiny town in Connecticut. Right. You know, right. So I would say it started out being like a hundred percent photographers that would book me when I traveled. But then what would happen is the photographers would go, Oh my God, my favorite photographer is coming to my area. Right. You got to see her too, you know, so they'd bring a friend or they'd have their friend book or because I'm not a, I'm not competition because I'm not of their area. So it's like a novelty, you know, it's absolutely true. Because if, if you were just marketing to people in your state, other photographers are less likely to um, then kind of push you because it's, you know, that's taking away from their potential clients. So it's, it's, it's definitely interesting how it works like that. So, I mean, in Connecticut, they were coming to me from other states, but then I moved to Colorado. And trying to restart in like a new market was just really hard. I took a year off because I was like, this is not working. So I said, you know what? I'm going to travel back to Connecticut because all my my loyal client base is there, people that I've worked with for years and, you know, and other people that are closer to that area that can't come to Colorado are willing to come from New York and all these other states around. So I started making the trek back once a year and I started thinking like, you know what? Let me put feelers out. If I can do this in Connecticut, maybe I could do this in Massachusetts or, you know, maybe I can do this closer to me, maybe even other parts of Colorado that can't make it to me. Or So I think a lot of it is just putting yourself out there. A lot of people are afraid because they're afraid they're not going to get a response. But I have learned, like, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. We'll try something new. I'm not embarrassed by failure. I feel like failure is just such an important part of being successful because if you didn't ever fail – can you imagine that one time something bad happened, like you'd shut down? Right. Right. So you, you wouldn't know, know now, how to handle it. Exactly. 
So the more you do it, the easier it becomes, the more you grow. And I can say that I actually now I get some of my most regular clients from travel photography. Like I, we went to California one year and I met this amazing mom we clicked and then I was supposed to go back the following year, but we were pregnant with Daisy and I found out that it wouldn't be okay to travel. You know, it was too close to the end of my pregnancy with her. And so, you know, I messaged everybody regretfully and I said, you know, I'm really sad, but it's not going to work. You know, I've had some blood pressure issues and they're like, all right, well, we're going to come to Colorado. And I was like, really? (laughs) Okay. And she's come almost every year now. They make a family vacation out of it. So, you know, it's just, I think word of mouth is so important. And a lot of my fan base has been organic at this point. You know, I just started sponsoring things on Facebook maybe two years ago and you know, the thing is I leave it up, but I don't even really, I see the numbers as people. I don't see them as fan numbers. Sure. Right. So I notice some people on like my page, I'm like, oh my God, I pissed someone off or, <laughs> you know, everyone does it. You know, I, I have my own pity parties, but um, <laughs> I think when you treat people well and you run your business with integrity and you make it an experience, you are creating something more than just pretty pictures because anyone can go anywhere for pretty pictures and they could pay a lot less, you know, right? truly. It's all about just being approachable and kind. And I've, whether I've had five fans on my fan page or whatever it's grown to now, I always try to be responsive. And if I can't get back to someone right away, I try to be apologetic because I am, you know, and sure. It is, it is what it is. You just, I think travel photography is, it used to be a novelty and now I think it's becoming more normal. I think that people just want to see beautiful places. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think if you're trying to build a portfolio or get your, your name out there and you can't make money doing it right away, then do it for you. Everyone's like never work for free, but if you're getting something out of it, it's not free. I've always felt that way. You know, I don't care if you're out there taking pictures of your kids you know, you just, if you don't have any photos, like you want to take pictures in Lake Tahoe and you live in Connecticut, but you have no pictures in Lake Tahoe, people in Lake Tahoe are not going to book you. So you have to be right. willing to go to these places. And sometimes you got to, you know, spend money to make money. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I loved what you said so much. It's about being authentically you and kind and, and mm-hmm. warm-hearted because that's exactly what you are in and out in the community. No one who has ever met you in real life has been surprised or disappointed in any way, the other way around. You know what I mean? I have like mean resting bitch face. <laughs> you do not. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It must, it must be our name, Sarah. It must be the name. <laughs> it's like, you know, those memes where you have like the people trying to do like the fake smiles. I feel oh like that's the tough. Oh, oh my God. I'm literally in the middle of writing a blog post um, about my resting bitch face. So <laughs> <laughs> like literally writing it. I was just writing it because it's like my biggest problem in life. I cannot force a smile for the life of me. It just looks so awkward. And I can't smile with teeth because I look nope. like, nope. I look strange. I've, I've come to terms. I'll never forget, and this is slightly off topic, I apologize, but I'll never forget. I taught at this retreat. It was the chic retreat thing a long time ago. And I met the very beautiful Heidi Hope. And she's like, let's take a selfie. And I'm like, oh, God, here we go. I hate <laughs> selfies. So she's like, let's do our whimsical face. And I'm like, I don't know what a whimsical face is. <laughs> My face is so beautiful. Like that, right? 
I'm, I have, I'm like a one trick pony. When people are, <laughs> can I, can I photograph your family? I'm like, are you sure? Cause half of them like have inherited <laughs> my skills. So, oh my gosh, you have the most beautiful family. Mm. Oh, we're a mess. And I loved your session with Jamie Ford and we love her so much. She's incredible. Was, oh, she's the coolest. I like wanted to adopt her into my family. <laughs> she's about the same height as my 15 year old. She's the cutest oh. thing I've ever met. Oh my God, that's amazing. She's one of my favorite people for sure. Oh yeah. We're so excited. We get to, to squeeze her in real life uh, in Utah this May. So we're stoked. So you have to give her a hug for me. I love I you. Will. Oh, for sure. So we have some more student questions that we wanted to um, ask you. I'm trying to see which one I want to do. Um, how about, want to talk to us a little bit about um, how you edit. Um, do you edit mostly in Lightroom or mostly in Photoshop? And how would much say, time would you say you spend on a session when you do edit? I do 100% Photoshop, but I do use ah. ACR. Okay. So I tend to just do all my calling because it's easier for me to open one program. I hate like Lightroom and Photoshop bog my computer down. Sure. And just trying to run too many things. It actually slows my time down and I try to be really intentional. Um, I've never come across two sessions that take me the same amount of time to edit. It's just, and I think it's because I'm a perfectionist. I'm very right. detail oriented and I try so hard to be like, I could never batch at it. I wish I could. But I just, I don't know. For me, it's like an adult coloring book, and I just get very distracted. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, it's so pretty. I'll never Photoshop, <laughs> like, clouds in. I like to be as real as I can with the landscape and whatever was there. And instead of trying to fabricate beautiful situations, and it's it's hard sometimes, but I think that's what keeps it from being boring. If I had to make my work look very uniform, I feel like I would get really distracted, and it would be really hard because I actually have ADD. I was diagnosed. So sitting down for like 10 hours at a time and trying to edit would also not work for me. So I usually try to keep it like within like three to four hours um, for a session. I am so moment oriented. um, And it's so hard when you have like two photos that are very similar, but the expressions are slightly different and you just can't pick and I will totally edit both. Right. Uh, It's my mommy goggles because I think like what I want that you know, I know what I, it's what I, so hard. Yeah. So some galleries will be like a hundred photos deep and I have no shame. Oh, I just absolutely. try to, try <laughs> to compensate for the extra time, but yeah, I don't know. I also love to edit. Like everyone hates it. And I, I, oh my God, I, I love it. I love it. Well, I do. And I know <laughs> you have like 30 sessions and you're like bogged down and you're trying to catch up last year was hard. Cause I had morning sickness. So trying to sit at the computer and we found out we were pregnant coming back from Seattle I had just done 13 travel sessions and I had like six sessions from before that, right before we left. And so I was like, oh my God, you know, trying to not like throw up on my computer. Right. But, you know, for the most part, I find that like, it's just me time. I get like my cup of tea and I sit there at night and the kids are sleeping. Right. And I am a night owl. I love nighttime. So I put like my tacky reality shows on Netflix and I just <laughs> sit there and go to town um, I do use a workflow action so everything looks cohesive. I like to combine different actions that I've made. And I've actually been leaning more on ACR even in my creative process. So I'm wondering, I probably could use Lightroom, but I just love all the dodging and burning and liquefy. And I've even liquefied trees. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, I just, it's fun. I adore you. You know, That's it's so funny. 
it, I, there's more control. I think it's just how I started because I did the scrapbooking. So, right. Um, well, I feel like you're unique in that because I, I, I knew that you used primarily Photoshop, but I didn't know it was a hundred percent. And I feel like in this, in this time, everybody's trending towards Lightroom. Yeah. Um, but what you're doing is what everybody is doing in Lightroom, but in Photoshop, which is so crazy because typically yeah. in my mind, anyways, people that use Photoshop are their graphic designers or people that do the really crisp, clean edits that are from like 10 years ago, like we were talking it's about. It's true. I think yeah. that you can definitely achieve the same thing in both. Everything is very translatable. I think right. old habits just die hard. And, you know, digital scrapbooking was kind of like graphic design. So I think it's hard to break that. It becomes like a habit. Sure. You know, it's, and it's hard because there's just so many options and I think people get really overwhelmed with Photoshop because you can do the same thing like 40 ways. Yes. absolutely. So it's really overwhelming. Lightroom for me is, I used it a little bit when I first started and I know my way around it and I like it well enough. I just, I don't know. Like Photoshop is just, I can't even explain it. It's weird. It's like a, I don't think (laughs) I'll ever break out of it because I've tried to get away to save time. I shot one wedding years ago and and I was like, why is this taking me like 40 hours to edit? And they're like, (laughs) are you using Lightroom? And I'm like, no, every picture. What's wrong with you? So, no. (laughs) That sounds like a nightmare. Every time I open Photoshop, it literally, like my whole computer is just like, like just having the worst (laughs) struggle of life. The fan turns on it gets really loud in here sometimes. Oh, yeah, right? Like, it just Ranking struggles. It yeah. Man. It looks like it's going to blow up, but we know we're okay. <laughs> well, I think you just keep doing what you're doing because you're making amazing, inspiring work always. That's for sure. Um, okay, another question from a student. This is a good one. I'm actually really interested in this. Um, how do you keep your personal work organized, and what do you do with all of your beautiful iPhone shots? Do you print them? How do you house them? Oh, so I use um, Artifact Uprising at the end of the year. I go through and I link my Instagram account and I just kind of import everything because I just do it right from my feed. So it's not like my whole camera roll on my phone. And they're so pretty and they're inexpensive and they usually have great Black Friday sales. So I usually do like a couple books for me and a couple books for family Um, because my family, they don't know the difference between my iPhone photos and my big camera photos. Right. right. My personal camera photos or my, you know, DSLR photos, I tend to save them on an, a different external hard drive than everybody else's. They fill up pretty quickly. And, you know, I shoot with a Mark IV, so the raw files are, like, ginormous. Right. So I keep some on an external, but I also back up onto Flickr. Or not Flickr. Uh, Amazon Prime has something oh, called yeah. Prime Photos, and it is free photo storage. And you can store both raw files and jpegs so i dump all of that in there i wouldn't say they're organized i wish i could (laughs) the ones that are like project oriented like right now i'm doing a project 52 i'll like label it like week one and then like you know whatever number if i take more than one photo that week it'll be like a b c d e whatever but like just regular snapshots you can kind of usually tell what time i took them since there's four seasons here you know like if i see something from the beach i know we were in california or It's just kind of, I have a weird memory. I can catalog it pretty well, so I can kind of find things just by clicking through. Mm -hmm. But I am just a hot mess. You know, I 
I have loose prints and like junk drawers. I have like four junk drawers in my kitchen, which is terrible because we're about to have a home birth and I'm embarrassed. I'm like, what if the medicine <laughs> for like a spoon or something? <laughs> it could be like knee deep in like chapstick and, and so. <laughs> yep. You know, I, I hang them all over the walls. Right now we're repainting and we don't have any pictures on the walls and it's kind of like breaking my heart. But I use the 3M um, Velcro on the back of the frames and I use lighter frames. And then if, as the kids grow or I want to cycle pictures out, I just unvelcro them from the wall and I put a new photo in and stick it up so that oh, I can kind of, you know, oh. that way they don't, you don't have a ton of holes in your wall. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. Um, and I don't, I'm not like a, a stickler for straight pictures. The frames are all crooked. They're like all <laughs> over. I just, and my kids are the same way. I just, I've always said I wouldn't have had like all these kids if I wanted a pottery burn house. So Everything is very personalized and tacky, but mostly. Oh, um, I love it so much. That's so, that's like the quintessential childhood in my mind. Like, like the Afghans and the colors and the crooked frames. I dig it. I tell you, we have more blankets than we have anything in this house right now. I'm, Wes is like, please. I'm like trying to sneak them off of eBay at this point. Like, I'm like, I can't do this for sure. So how can I like feed the habit without him knowing <laughs> what I'm doing? That's you know? amazing. That's, it's so true. Awesome. There's like this weird obsession we all have with blankets and quilts. There's like over 300 in this house right now. Oh my and so uh most of them are stored. I have them in baker's racks folded up in my living room. But <laughs> we had to, like, anchor them to the walls because oh. the kids, like, King Kong it or whatever that monkey. What was that movie? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. King Kong. Yeah, that's pretty, okay. Yes, pretty much. They, like, climb them, like, these big towers and hang <laughs> off. And, oh, but yeah, Whatever works. Whatever works. Yeah. I just, I get bored even photographing my own family, which is awful. But, um, you know, you have those seasons where you're just not feeling as inspired and you really want to take pictures, but it's always like dark and nighttime by the time you find motivation. So, yes, I'm always looking for ways to kind of add interesting things to our home. You know, Absolutely. it's the same as like when you go out and you're like, I'm gonna take cute pictures of my kids. I'm gonna get them like a new outfit. Well, for me, finding that inspiration around the house is just kind of decorating in a way that makes it eye-catching you know when the light just comes through and I'm like oh you know I it's expensive <laughs> and then we <laughs> more clutter than we need but you know it keeps me going so yeah I'm uh, the that. same exact way with as far as I, I feel like when we do pictures it's all about it's not just outfits but it's about the environment too and so yeah. I feel like a lot of us photographers also have like this weird love for interior design because it plays such a role in the image you're taking. You know, my whole house, like my husband thinks I'm crazy and we, we must live in an insane asylum because it's all white. Like my entire house <laughs> That's is amazing though. Yeah. We just repainted our walls like a gray. Yeah. Cause right. you know, we moved in our house and they loved Brown before us. So they were like <laughs> doo-doo Brown walls everywhere. It's like, this is not working out. So exactly. You know, I'm actually, I've made him repaint like 85% of the house to prepare for this home birth. And I know it's going to go right back to its like messy state as soon as the baby's born. <laughs> so I don't know who I'm fooling. But no, that's awesome. Um, we actually had a question about your husband um, and what role he plays in your business now that you guys have had your, your shift and transition in work in the last couple of years. Oh, he's 
I couldn't do it without him. So he missed a lot when we were younger and, uh, he's always been so supportive though. And I've, I've noticed a trend in our industry with marriage. Um, a lot of my friends struggle cause their husbands just don't, whether it's because they're the breadwinners or because it's new or whatever reason it is, they don't get a lot of support from their spouses. And I right. think it causes a rift in the marriage because this can be a sustainable career. And I think, as artists and as entrepreneurs, we kind of want to be appreciated, you know, right. mm-hmm. in our industry, especially because it's a creative industry. People think that just because you're taking pictures and it's fun, it's not work. And, right. uh, there's a lot of shame involved too, when you have children like, Oh, don't you miss being home? Or are you sacrificing your kids younger years? Or, mm-hmm. yep. and I, I'm proud that we've managed this because our kids have a life now they would have never had otherwise. We would have continued to struggle. My husband would have been trapped in a job that he hated. Um, but Wes is definitely my partner in every sense. He comes to every session he has since the beginning. Um, if he can't make it, you know, whether we couldn't find a sitter when our kids were younger or whatever happened, he would literally sit in the car the entire session. (laughs) He would drive me to my session And then he would go out and hike with the kids or spend time with them. And then when we were done, we would all pack up and leave together. So we were always together. And um, it it was like a date night for a while. When I first started, it was really exciting. My mom would take the kids. And then we would go do my session. And then we would go to, like, out back and have dinner together or something afterwards. So, you know, it it gave us time together. And when I travel for work, I take him on all my business trips. He comes to... um, you know, my retreats or my workshops, he's always there. People might think I we're crazy. But <laughs> no, I think that's awesome. You know, he carries my bag. He keeps my dad's happy. Um, mm. I am a people-loving introvert. I love people. But I'm kind of an empath where I can kind of sense energy from people. I think it makes me really good at my job because I can. it helps me gather connection. I think it also is really hard because you're always connected socially for a job like this where you have to talk to people all the time. And at the end of the day, right. you just need that time to recharge. Right. So this year, last year, the emailing was hard for me. All the correspondence and, and you know, trying to set up sessions. And so he's doing that now, too. He answers all my emails. He just did awesome. my whole schedule for 2018. Wow. Which was amazing. Let me tell you, not waking up to like 400 emails. I mean, that's an exaggeration, <laughs> but you know, it feels like that. You, yes. and your inbox is always dinging and, you know, your kids are coming over and they're like, can you help me with your homework? And you're like, can you just give me a moment? You know, yeah. so yep. I don't want to be a snappy mom. I'm not a yeller. Exactly. I'm a hot mess though. And I get frazzled really easily. So I go from like being normal, nice mom to like satanic headspin <laughs> mom. <laughs> 15 <laughs> seconds. So. You know, I grew up. No, I love. I love that they use the f bomb very, very freely. So when Mama starts pressing, they're like, "Who are you?" I'm like, "I love Jesus, I do, but oh my God, you're killing me." (laughs) You know, it's just he gives me balance. Yeah, and I think a lot of amazing. Where do I get one of him? I tell you, we've been together for almost twenty years. That's amazing. And um, he just, we have our moments. (laughs) <laughs> but when we moved to Colorado six years ago, we moved here without seeing it, sight and scene. And our family all lives mostly back east, whether Connecticut, Florida, you know, the, that side of the country. So we just had to be together. And we adapted very well. And it made us closer. And 
he's just, he's my best friend. It's not that we have this perfect marriage. Don't get me wrong. We drive each other freaking crazy. (laughs) I have the worst hormones ever. And he loves his video games. So like 40% of the day is talking to the back of his head. He'll like kick me when he hears this, but not really. (laughs) But you know, it's just, I think a lot of women are afraid to ask for help too. Um, If there's a mess or, and I can't get to it, I'm like, hun, you know, can you, can you do this? Or it didn't happen overnight. I think a lot of it was just through honest discussion and me being vulnerable and telling him like, you know, I'm doing the best I can, but I can't do it all by myself. Cause I used to, you know, very prideful and I am a total control freak. So, you know, everyone's like, Oh, him answering your emails is amazing. But I'm like trying to sneak into his inbox to check his grammar when he's sleeping at night. So, <laughs> you know, it's, sure. it's, really hard. it's there's a, a balance and now he's a stay at home dad. So that's amazing. That's amazing. Know, and so rare. I have to work a lot of hours to make it happen. Yeah. But you know, I, I'd rather him be here and work my butt off for that and have that goal than have him working like crazy and just being, you know, the alternative is so much harder for us. So absolutely. Oh my gosh. And, and hats off to you. And I, I'm sure that you get questions and I'm sure that there's family members that are a little archaic in their way of thinking and, and ask why this is the way it is. I work with, um, with a physician in my emergency room, who's, who's a woman and she is the primary breadwinner and her husband stays at home with their four mm-hmm. kids. And she gets questioned all the time about why that's the case. And I just, I just commend her for her answers because she's snarky and I love yep. it. I am but very like, snarky. You get a very witty sense of humor. Yes. I can only imagine the stuff people ask you. Well, so here's my perspective. When Wesley was working 60 hours a week, I don't think anyone ever asked him how he did it all ever. Nope. No one said, yeah, I don't yeah. know how you work. And he would come home and, you know, we had four kids under, I think it was like five or six And I was like, oh, my God. And I couldn't get out. We didn't have gas money to even drive, like, to Dunkin' Donuts down the street. So, uh, you know, the walls were, like, growing more walls. I felt, like, boxed in. And I love my kids. They were such a blessing. But I was very young and just we didn't have a lot of help, you know. So I kind of love that he's here now because he sees all of the work that goes into having children. And, you know, it's it's such a hard role to stay home. Like I feel like as a man, he doesn't get even half of the credit I got as a woman. I can't imagine, you know, they think that he just like sits around all day and even working from home. Like there's this huge market, you know, for so many things. And they, and then you have like these two categories, you have a stay at home mom and you have your work out of the home mom. People don't even consider work from home moms. They don't know what we do. So Right. Trying to get your work done and you have kids constantly asking questions. You can't go to the office and, and shut them out in most cases. You know, it's right. You're doing two things at once always. Oh, all the time. It's always a circus. <laughs> yeah. And I love it. I mean, I love I love our lifestyle, but yeah. it's not for everybody. Oh, I I love what you said. And I, I really, really connected to what you said about, you know, losing your shit every once in a while. And, uh, oh and that, and cause that's, that's everyday life. I just, yesterday with my son, I was trying to have a meeting so hard <laughs> <laughs> and he kept asking me where his one little tiny Lego piece was like a thousand times. And finally I was like, Oh my gosh, buddy. Like I, you need to give me five minutes, just five minutes. Like I have to do this. <laughs> and he started crying and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is the worst day. And, but that's it. It's it all the time. And it, I feel like 
like it's it's really good to say it out loud that everybody experiences, especially work at home moms. Yeah, and it's, I think this is the way it is. Our highlight reel is all over the internet. People see our beautiful moments, and they see obviously the good. You know, our kids with their clean faces, and sometimes their house is clean in the background. And but that's just fifteen percent of the picture. You know, they don't see the broken blinds that I didn't get in the photograph because. You know, the cats are in the window and the grumpy old people across the street are like trying to peek in and my you know, <laughs> weeds and my rocks and, you know, totally. my son is always naked. So 90% of his photos are from like his belly button up because there's like four year old <laughs> penis everywhere. You know, it's just awesome. No, it's it is what we choose to share. And um, then when you share the hard stuff, it's scary because you're afraid people will assume that you don't appreciate it. And I try to be very transparent just because my mom is very honest. You know, me and my mom are very much like, and I think we bump heads for this reason every once in a while. But the one thing I love about my mom is she never gave us time to feel sorry for ourselves. And it wasn't that we had an easy childhood, but you would come to her and be like, oh, and she'd be like, oh, you're fine. You'll be okay. (laughs) And, you know, she wasn't a coddler and it made me so much stronger, you know, like Absolutely. we, I had an eighties childhood. We like rode our bikes until the streetlights came on and I yeah. always had bloody knees and I was very athletic as a kid. So, you know, I have all this, I, I try to give that to my kids. You know, I try really yeah. hard and I think you do a good job at that. You know, I always thought I would be like a June cleaver. I was like, very <laughs> resentful that my mom didn't bake me cookies <laughs> and I'm definitely more of like a Roseanne bar so, <laughs> working on it. You know, that's amazing. I love it. You know, I think we all did. We are all 80s babies because I think we're all the same age, actually. So I'm going to be 34 this year. I just turned, yep. I turned 34 last year. And damn, I'm going to be 35. There we go. Like there we go. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Do we have anything else, Sarah? No, I feel like she pretty much covered all yeah. of our questions, which is so great. I feel like you're you're just so inspiring. And I love your story so much. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I know a lot of it's rambly, but there should no. be something in there. No, no, no. You're amazing. <laughs> oh, but before we jump off, I do want to talk a little bit about um, your 52-week group and if anybody wants to join that, how they can get into it, and then your your mentoring and your workshops that you do. Oh, you are so sweet. Um, so the Project 52 is something I did years ago. I did it for four years, and it was very prompt-based and very, I want to say, photography-oriented. But I feel like the one thing that was missing was um, a sense of honesty. And I could never complete it because I was hosting this and there were a lot of members. But, you know, prompts are really hard for me. I just so I said, you know, if I'm going to bring this back, it's going to just be lifestyle. Just take a picture. I don't care what it is. It could be your cat, your house, plant, your kids. And um, I started a group and I really thought maybe like I was like, oh, you know, if a few hundred people join, I'm going to be really excited. And it kind of blew up, you know, (laughs) a little bit. So we have over 3,000 members. Amazing. But, and I I wanted, you know, there were some people that were discouraged because they were worried they'd get lost and all that. But I think it goes back to the whole competition thing. People are very afraid of putting themselves out there because they feel like their lives don't look the same or it's about you. I want the project to be more so about having the images than what they even look like. You know, I I just being accountable and taking photos of your family. Um, The reason I decided to do this was because my grandmother passed away last year and um, she's only 69. 
Mm-hmm. And it was really hard for me because she was a second mother. I lived in her house a lot of my childhood. And so uh, when they were pulling everything together for her wake, I had like no photos with her, none, mm. none of Ugh. her with my kids. And we both hate having our picture taken. That's where I get it from. So um, I said, you know what? I And then her passing made me like, I just didn't take any pictures of my kids either. So it was like a double whammy. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know what? Let's do this as a, a group. So um, if people do want to jump in, anybody's welcome. You could use your phone camera. I don't care what it is. If this is definitely not a competition. Um, we have a lot of talented people, but I honestly, I just feel like that happens. You get people from all, yeah. um, you know, walks of life and in all places in their journey. Some have just started and got their camera for Christmas and they have photographer friends encouraging them to do this, but I found with any project that I've tried, even though I've failed like 95% of them, <laughs> if I've done it, even if I've gotten 10 pictures, I've grown. You know, my, my work yes. has grown substantially from any kind of personal project I've ever taken on. So um, my group is, you know what? I feel awful. I don't know. I like link everything. I don't even know my husband's phone number. I have to like go in. <laughs> you are fine. You are <laughs> fine, but it, can it be found on your website? Yeah, it's the the actual I made a little website for it with that Wix platform and it's awesome. life in 52 project. So it's just life I N and then the number 52 and project.com and it'll give group access, a link to that everything. Um and then as far as workshops, I don't know what I'm doing this year. I know that's crazy. <laughs> but no, it's not. Our baby is going to have to come on every session with me. Again, we did the same thing with Daisy. I wear her in a sling while I take pictures. And, I mean, I think I even breastfed through a few of them. Hopefully I don't scare away anyone that's booked me this year. But (laughs) (laughs) they're going to have the baby and the husband this year. Um, And so I usually do one big workshop a year because I like it to be very intentional. Uh, I like to form connections with the women that I teach. I don't like to come away from a year that's been so busy. I don't remember everybody that I've come in contact with. Right. So, um, cause it comes, it's, it's a blur. I have a terrible memory. So if I do something, I'll probably announce it like on my fan page. Awesome. But, but I don't know. I have been so lazy. This has been like my off season. <laughs> and West I don't think you're lazy. <laughs> I think you're the opposite of lazy. I'll tell you, <laughs> I'm trying to center into um, online workshops with or workbooks like the um, Moments Matter guide that I put out. That was wonderful with the Facebook group because you can, you know, kind of do it from wherever you are. So I might put a guide together on just lifestyle photography. Um, I have some videos coming out, some shooting videos. I'm like the queen of no. I need to stop doing it. This year I said I'm going to say yes to a lot of opportunities. I was supposed to teach at ClickAway this year, and I couldn't because our babies do the week after. Oh. <laughs> no one wants me to give birth. <laughs> well, with that years. said, though, you would have a heck of a lot of good photographers <laughs> there to take you. pictures of it, it's though, true. right? That's <laughs> true. I don't know if you guys have heard of Monet. Uh, yeah. She does birth photography. She's doing our birth. Oh, amazing. Ah. And oh, that's so great. I'm never on the side of the camera. And then Joy um, is one of my good friends from Wildflowers Photography. And she'll yeah. be out here in March. So she's probably going to be photographing our family as well. So you'll Joy be- is coming to me in May to do my yeah, family. See? I'm excited. <laughs> we're going to have a, we're going to be well documented. And Nicole Smith, who does newborns, oh. is going to do this baby's actual newborn photos. So Amazing. when people have offered, like this is the year of yes. So <laughs> I love it. 
I just told Monet no vaggy shots. I don't want to see any pictures of my vagina and we'll be good. <laughs> I have to stay above. Internet's <laughs> not ready for that, trust me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, we love you so much and we can't thank you enough for being here. And we're going to be coming to you again to ask you to maybe teach at a workshop for us in the future. Um, we just, we dig you and, uh, and we wish you nothing but joy and happiness this year. You ladies are two of my favorite like photographers to follow on social media. Oh, you're so, so you're, you're so kind. No, well, if you ever need anything, I'm here. Thank you so much. It was so great to have you here today. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. You have a great day too. Thank you. And thank you everybody for tuning in. Bye.